You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Wednesday edition of the podcast. Hope you all are doing fantastic out there in Cougar Nation. Plenty to get to ahead on this episode of Locked On Cougars. We continue our look back at BYU football history, talking about the 2015 season for BYU. Two of the more thrilling back-to-back victories to open a season in BYU football history. We'll dig into that. We'll also continue our look at the end of fall camp for BYU. What did we learn from the final media availability of training camp as BYU prepares to announce their starting quarterback? We'll get to some of that ahead on today's show. And of course, we will wrap up today's show catching you guys up on everything else involving BYU sports and even one national story, an alliance being formed. How will that affect BYU's future fortunes in the college football realm and beyond? We'll try and dig into that as well. Today's podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Locked On NFL. The NFL season is about to begin, and nobody is going to cover it like the Locked On Podcast Network. Beginning next Monday, August 30th through September 8th, Locked On's Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every team in every division with the help of Odyssey's lineup of NFL experts. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts, and tune in beginning next Monday, August 30th. All right, without further ado, though, let's get going here on a hump day. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 25th, 2021. What's up, my friends? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thank you again for taking some time to join us on your only daily podcast focused on all things BYU right here on Locked on Cougars. A reminder for you guys to make sure you hit that follow button and join us every single day as we talk Cougar sports. Our goal here, as I have said multiple times in the past three years, by the way, uh, Monday, I missed this, was our three-year anniversary of the podcast, folks. We've been doing this for three years. 850 some odd episodes I think we're at at this point through those three years. It's crazy to think we have made it this far, but no chance of stopping anytime soon. But nonetheless, if you guys are just joining us for the first time, make sure to hit that follow button and join us every single day. As I have just stated, we love to make you guys the smartest BYU fans in the room. And the way to do that is to listen to this here podcast every single day. Getting going here on a Wednesday, and let's talk about what is coming up around noon mountain time. Those of you listening to this in the morning, the vast majority of hopefully have listened to it by the time this takes place. But if not, I'm going to tell you this much. Spoiler alert, Jaron Hall today will be named BYU starting quarterback, or I will eat my hat. I am sincere about that. If he is not named the starting quarterback today, I have been lied to. I have been believing in something that is not the case. I would be stunned if any other quarterback is named BYU's starting quarterback today. Could we see an or situation where it's Jaron Hall or Jacob Conover or Baylor Romney? I'm not ruling that out, but everything that I have been told, everything I've been hearing for the better part of four or five months now is that number three himself, Jaron Hall, will be BYU's starting quarterback when they take on the University of Arizona. 
Now, some of you may be asking, what's happening at noon today, Jake? Well, BYU has scheduled a media availability, a press conference via Zoom at noon that will involve Kalani Sitake and, quote, selected players. I'm going to tell you what, if Jaron Hall and or the other quarterbacks are not involved amongst those other players for this press conference, somebody at BYU needs to learn PR 101 all over again. Now, other things I am hearing in the lead up to that, I'm hearing that Jaron Hall, as I mentioned, is going to be QB1. Do I expect that Jacob Conover will be the primary backup? I do not expect that. I think very much this will be a Jacob Conover or Baylor Romney, with Romney na- Romney's name probably labeled first. I would expect, should, let's say in Arizona, heaven forbid, Jaron Hall gets injured, I think Baylor Romney would be the first guy into that game. Now, if he has a good run of health, he plays the better part four, five, six, seven games, hopefully the entire season, if we're being frank, That would be the ideal scenario as he plays the entire season. But as we get deeper and deeper into this season, I think that is when Jacob Conover likely will overtake Baylor Romney as the guy who would be BYU's backup quarterback and would replace Jaron Hall in the lineup. Now, that's just me speaking. This is not something that I've been told by people. I will tell you straight up on this podcast if it's stuff that I believe just myself or if it's something I'm hearing from other folks. That scenario is something I just believe personally. It makes a lot of sense in my head, and that's just kind of where I see things going. I've been told that Jacob Conover is most likely the future quarterback for BYU. The coaching staff knows what they have in Baylor Romney, and they very much like his skill set, but he does not have the quote-unquote same star potential that guys like Jaron Hall and or Jacob Conover have. So today... I am fully expecting an announcement coming around noon when that press conference starts. BYU's depth chart will be revealed, and we will see the name Jaron Hall as the starting quarterback for BYU. Now, other names to keep an eye on, and I'm expecting at least one of these will be on the depth chart, probably multiples of them, is the case with regards to Puka Nakua. I have been told by multiple sources that Puka Nakua did get injured during practice yesterday. The extent of that injury is TBD. It was very much still up in the air when I talked to multiple people overnight, and I will report on anything I hear on social media, but he did get injured. The extent of that injury is yet to be determined. I do fully expect, though, that he will be on the depth chart today, whether that's as a first string or a second string wide receiver for BYU. I don't think it necessarily matters. Other guys to keep an eye out for is the status of Miles Davis. I understand that Miles Davis has a lower body injury. I believe a broken foot is what I was told. I I hesitate in saying that, but you know what? Whatever. I've been told it's a broken foot for Miles Davis. He has not necessarily been ruled out for the season, but likely out for at least the first month of the season at bare minimum. I would doubt you see him on the depth chart when BYU reveals it today. They could still list him there and kind of indicate where he was going when fall camp was getting set to wrap up because he very much was running back three. He was the third string running back behind Tyler Algier and Hinkley, not Hinkley Ropati, and Lopini Katoa. But now guys like Hinkley Ropati and Jackson McChesney, as well as Mason Fakahua, get to move up a slot. I am interested to see who will be listed as the number three running back. I would expect, this is just me speaking, that it's probably Ropati with an or next to his name and McChesney right there alongside him. But we'll wait and find out. So very, very interesting day ahead with regards to BYU and how things go with this depth chart reveal. 
I did find it kind of funny that BYU is having a press availability to announce all this, but I also think that they understand how big of a news item this could be, and there will be a lot of people on that Zoom call, including yours truly, asking questions, digging into it, and of course, trying to find out more information for you guys as we continue to get ready for the upcoming season. By the way, today also marks the official switch to game week mode. Kalani Sitake yesterday talked to the media and declared a training camp over. Well, what was his big takeaway from training camp? Good thing you asked. Here you go. Good end of camp. You can tell the guys are just ready to get moving on Arizona now. So it comes at the right time. I think we had our, our scuffles to a minimum, but the guys are just ready to play somebody else. It is time to go, folks. Preparations begin in earnest today as BYU gets ready for Arizona. They will sink 80 to 90% of the reps now as the first string quarterback into a guy like Jaron Hall. Baylor Romney and or Jacob Conover will pick up the slack with the other reps there, but it is go time. The first and second string have been established, the scout team has been established, and it is time to go and ball out. Now, Kalani was also asked with regards to what he is worried about right now, and actually I I asked this question of him, is there a position group you're worried about at this juncture coming out of training camp and preparing for that season opener against Arizona? Here's what he had to say. I've had concerns other years where it was just like, oh gosh, what are we going to do with this position and have to shuffle so many people around. Now we're, we're doing a little bit of shuffling because there's a lot of experience and guys that, that are pretty smart and know how to play different positions. And that's a more of a convenience than anything. So we're going to keep working with that. And But right now, I, I can't say that there's a position that I, I'm really concerned about right now. So take heart, folks. Apparently, Kalani Sitake is resting pretty easily at night. Okay, resting easy is probably not the right term concerning he's a football coach, and they worry about all kinds of things every second of the day, seems like, even when they're sleeping. But nonetheless, very interesting situation as he says that now they can kind of afford to move guys to different positions and give them a shot just based on, okay, maybe you're pretty good here, but let's try you at this position. It's not an, an absolute necessity to do that anymore. That is a sign of a maturing program, a program who's very much coming into its own. It leads me to believe I think BYU has done a good job building out their depth, and we'll see it on full display when they take on Arizona a week from Saturday. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we look back at BYU football history. What happened during 2015? Well, two thrilling wins to open the year, and one of the great losses in bowl history for BYU maybe could have changed things had a certain coaching staff not had two feet out the door. We'll dig into all of that in just a moment. Today's podcast is brought to you by our friends over at BetOnline. Absolutely love this company, folks. And of course, it is that time of the year again, and all eyes are now turning to football with NFL and college football teams on the gridiron beginning their seasons. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests by going to their website, betonline.ag. Head to the website now or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus. Yes, folks, 100% welcome bonus using the promo code LOCKEDON at BetOnline. Also, be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Take advantage of that 100% welcome bonus by using the promo code Locked On when you get to their website, betonline.ag. It's all courtesy of BetOnline as they are your online sportsbook experts. 
Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at First Colony Mortgage. BYU fans, you're very familiar with this championship team in 1984 from BYU, but did you know that another championship team was formed in Utah County that very same year? Yes, that is our friends over at First Colony Mortgage. First Colony Mortgage is your full-service mortgage lender, beginning, meaning, meaning excuse me, from beginning to end, everything is taken care of in-house by the First Colony team. Zach Hicken is our loan officer over at First Colony for the Locked On Cougars podcast. Any financing you need for your home, Zach is there to take care of you guys. Just mention Jay Catch and Locked On Cougars when you reach out to him. Whether you're looking, whether you're looking to get into a new home, you want to capitalize on your home's equity with a cash out refinance, or you just want to take advantage of low interest rates, Zach is there to walk you through every step of the loan process. You can reach out to Zach directly by calling him 801-380-0752. 801-380-0752, or go to his website, hickenhomeloans.com. That's H-I-C-K-E-N, hickenhomeloans.com. Zach Hicken, NMLS 205-2216. First Colony Mortgage, NMLS 3112. First Colony Mortgage is an equal housing lender, and First Colony Mortgage is a proud partner right here on Locked on Cougars. Our look back at BYU football history in the 100 seasons of BYU football countdown continues today with a look at the 2015 BYU football season. And let me be clear about one thing before we get going more in depth on 2015 is a number of you've reached out and said, Jake, you're going to finish up with this countdown before we get to Friday of next week when BYU kicks off the season. It was planned this way, folks. I figured that game week was going to be a very interesting week. A lot of media observation time. Well, that's what we were hoping. It's probably all going to be on Zoom now because of the uh, Delta variant and COVID-19. But nonetheless, a lot of stuff going on with media. So we are going to wrap up the BYU countdown next week. Don't know exactly what day we'll actually wrap it up, but hopefully by Thursday. Because my plan is Friday's edition of the podcast, so a week from this Friday is going to be a full preview of that Arizona game. But just kind of giving us a heads up of what to expect with this. Because 2015, obviously, we are coming up very quickly on the end of this 100 seasons look back. But just kind of a little bit of a tidbit of some of you reached out and said, well, you're going to finish this up early. Yeah, we're going to finish a little bit early. I understand that. It's kind of planned that way, but just bear with us. All right, time to talk about 2015. This was the final season, as we found out, of Bronco Mendenhall's tenure as at the helm of the BYU football program, his 11th overall. He ended up with a 99-win uh, run at BYU. Crazy, crazy season, all things considered. 2015, Taysom Hill comes back and is expected to really reprise his role for BYU after that promising start to the 2014 season. Well... We got four games at Taysom Hill in 2014. We got, what, a quarter? A half? I'm not even sure how much necessarily you really want to quantify what we saw of him in that season opener out there in Nebraska. I did travel to Lincoln for this game, and it was a great game. The Hail Mary from Tanner Mayhem coming on in relief of Taysom Hill and throwing that to Mitch Matthews is one of the greatest moments in BYU football history. An absolutely insane moment. And funny enough, I was sitting in the end zone stands of where that touchdown took place. I was kind of the opposite corner, if that makes sense to any of you who were there uh, watching that game. But uh, the way the stands were angled, I could not see that part of the end zone. So I did not know that Mitch Matthews caught it until a BYU fan sitting about 10 rows in front of me started jumping up on his seat and freaking out. He turns around and said, I yelled at him, 
What just happened? He said, Mitch Matthews caught it. BYU wins. I'm like, holy smokes. Absolutely nuts. So BYU wins that game 33-28. to And did we know that a week later that against Boise State in their home opener, another thrilling, what we call Hail Mangum, if we want to call it, uh, that would end, would come, come about? Well, that's what we got. Is Mangum uh, hooked up with uh, Mitch Mitchell Jurgens? Yeah, Mitchell Jurgens. On that Hail Mary touchdown pass, the big touchdown pass, and BYU wins that game 35-24. to Well, no Taysom Hill, no problem, right? BYU's 2-0, feeling really good about themselves in 2015. Well, that's when things went a little sideways for BYU because the following week, the Cougars ranked number 19 as they headed to the Rose Bowl to take on number 10 UCLA. Huge showdown on FS1, and BYU had their chances. They, in my opinion, probably should have won this game in multiple instances, but they fall 24-23 to in a heartbreaker. They're in the Rose Bowl, and I think it very much had a hangover effect on them as they traveled the next week as the number 22 team in the country to Michigan to take on the Wolverines in Ann Arbor. This game was on ABC, and many of you will recall, in front of 108,940 fans, BYU was shut out 31 to nothing and looked absolutely lifeless in the process. A lot of blame to be thrown around about this, but there were um, some things that came out of this after this game about BYU opting, and because they got into the Ann Arbor late, or got into Michigan late uh, in terms of their charter flight, and of course Bronco Mendenhall was very fond of doing the firesides he did we, uh, nights before games. Well, what I was told and what I understood is that BYU kind of blew off their pregame planning meeting that they typically have before that fireside and opted to go do the fireside and well, when you lose 31 to nothing, there's a lot of blame to be thrown around. Well, the Cougars came back home unranked. They were 2 and 2 at that point as October came with four straight home games at Lavelle Edwards Stadium and they reeled off four straight wins, beating UConn 30 to 13, beating East Carolina 45 to 38 in a thriller, beating Cincinnati 38 to 24, and then absolutely crushing Wagner 70 to 6, finishing October with a nice 4-0 record and a 6-2 overall record. So they're already bowl eligible as they go into November. They traveled to San Jose State, won that game in a thriller 17-16, then played Missouri in Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. A tough loss for the Cougars, losing 20-16. That dropped them to 7-3 on the year. Then they finished up the regular season beating Fresno State 52-10 in Provo. And then going to Utah State, uh, closing out the season in a rare instance up there in Maverick Stadium, winning that game 51-28. to So, BYU does avoid the 8-5 and season they had had the three previous seasons to that as they were sitting at 9-3 and going into the bowl season. And, well, when Utah dumps BYU off the schedule, you know what happens? Yes, bowl organizers kind of gerrymander and get BYU and Utah matched up in the Las Vegas Bowl. BYU is 9-3 and facing off against number 20 Utah at Sam Boyd Stadium there in the Las Vegas Bowl. This is the last time, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, BYU has played in the Las Vegas Bowl to date. And what a game it was because in the lead up to that game, obviously, Bronco Mendenhall shocked the world and I can tell you exactly where I was at. I was at Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. I was walking to my car with my wife. Uh, we had recently gotten married. It was kind of a second honeymoon or actually or kind of a real honeymoon because we got married during her softball season of all things. Don't recommend that, by the way, if you guys are wondering. But nonetheless, we were at Universal Studios. I get a text uh, from somebody saying, hey, Bronco Mendenhall's gone. And I'm like, what is Bronco Mendenhall? What, what are you talking about? 
And then I uh, see an alert from ESPN. I remember this distinctly. I know exactly where I was at. I probably could walk you to the very spot I was standing when I saw that alert come across from my ESPN app saying Bronco Mendenhall has accepted the head coaching position at the University of Virginia to lead the Cavaliers. That was a stunner, if I'm being frank. And obviously, Bronco, previous to this, had obviously shopped himself uh, to places like UCLA, Oregon State, etc. He had looked for other jobs, and he also makes some critical comments saying that independence was not sustainable long-term. It's something he's held to since leaving BYU, but he stunned the college football universe by deciding, I'm going to go cross-country and join Virginia. Well, obviously, shortly thereafter, a new coaching search embarks, and the day of the game against uh, Utah, December 19th, Tom Homo called the press conference there at Sam Boyd Stadium and announced that Kalani Satake would be the new head coach of the BYU football program. Well, crazy, crazy day, but Bronco Mendenhall's uh, staff, if you want to call it that, was called upon to coach BYU, and I think it was a bad decision. If I'm being frank, you, you should have just said, you know what, you get to Virginia, you go do your thing, don't coach this team, because they had both be out the door, literally, folks. That staff was leaving. The only guy who remained was Guy Holiday and Steve Kafusi. I think it were the two that were actually remaining in Provo from that staff, and BYU looked listless during this game. We all know about that. The pick sixes, falling behind big. But to BYU's credit, and I got to give the credit to the players, I know the coaching staff probably had something to do with it, but I will give the players credit as they clawed their way back into this game. And had there been more time on the clock, BYU may have well won this game. They end up losing 35-28, to and I will still contend that Bronco Mendenhall punting late in that game was one of the worst decisions he made in his coaching tenure. I don't want to come off as too harsh against Bronco Mendenhall, but punting that ball away late in that game was a mistake. My personal opinion... You can disagree or agree, but that's just where I stand. BYU loses that game to drop to 9-4 and four on the season, and their decade-plus long losing streak to Utah remains intact. So there you go. That's the 2015 season in a nutshell in the 100 seasons of BYU football countdown. Crazy, crazy year, considering you started the year and played less than a half of football with Taysom Hill at quarterback. But then you have a guy like Tanner Mangum come in, pass for 3,377 yards, tallies 23 touchdowns and 10 interceptions, and funny enough, that season may have been the high watermark of his collegiate career, which is just crazy to even think about. But nonetheless, that's where it stands. Algie Brown ended up as BYU's leading rusher that year. I'd completely spaced that. 709 total yards and 11 touchdowns. I, had you asked me, Jake, who was the leading rusher in 2015 for BYU? I would have never guessed that. Mitch Matthews, 737 yards to lead BYU in receiving with 11 touchdowns. So some interesting uh, notes there from that season, but a crazy, crazy year as Bronco Mendenhall's tenure ends abruptly and the Kalani Satake era begins. And we'll talk about 2016 and Bron- uh, not Bronco, Kalani's debut as BYU's head coach on tomorrow's show. Coming up in a moment, though, we catch you guys up on everything else involving BYU sports, including a big announcement from three Power Five conferences that probably has ramifications for BYU. We'll dig into that in mere moments. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Built Bar. I am very fond of saying these are the best tasting protein bars in the world, and I mean it, folks. I have never had a better tasting protein bar 
than the ones at Built Bar. They have nine delicious base flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavor. I believe Apple Almond Crisp is the current limited time flavor. If you want to get that, get to Built.com right now. But you also can, can get their nine delicious flavors. They're always available. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. There's something for everyone there. And the best part about it is they're extremely healthy for you guys. I'm very fond of the cherry barcia. Give it a shot, folks. I think you'd enjoy it. Coconut almond, I'm serious when I say that it's about as legit a flavor as you will find outside of an Almond Joy that tastes like an Almond Joy. Hopefully that sounds right. I don't know. But nonetheless, go to Built.com, place your order now. The best part about these, as I mentioned, is they're healthy for you guys. Between 17 and 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, just 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. They're the perfect complement wherever you might be in your health journey. Built.com is where you can place that order. And while you're there, please use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. You heard that right? LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at Built.com. Order them now. Enjoy the best tasting protein bars and do it with Built Bar. All right, folks, before we go here on this Wednesday edition of the show, just to reiterate for you guys, Jaron Hall will be your starting quarterback at BYU. You heard it here first. Okay, you haven't heard it here first, but nonetheless... I've been on that. I've been a broken record saying that Jaron Hall was going to be the guy. He's been that way for months. I know that Jacob Conover and Baylor Romney pushed him, but he has proven to be the best quarterback on BYU's roster at the current time. So he will be QB1 against Arizona. But more importantly, there's an interesting thing swirling out there in the college football universe and the college athletics universe more broadly than that. And that is the alliance that was announced by the ACC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12 yesterday. It's kind of a funny uh, alliance considering they announced it and really didn't have much substance to it. The thought is it's going to be a scheduling alliance at some point down the road, but nobody knows exactly when considering a lot of these programs, you say Ohio State, they do not have a single non-conference game that's not scheduled through 2028. A lot of other programs maybe have one or two open dates before the end of this decade. I don't know why they were so hasty to announce this, but nonetheless, just it's kind of it's just a weird, weird deal. I felt like uh, they're saying that they want to have scheduling alliances for men's and women's basketball and other sports. Great, that that I, I get that, but <sighs> I just don't get it. Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyovkov admitted there's no actual contract on this, nor any written agreement or binding document any, between any of these leagues. Uh, ACC Jim, ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips would asked about that. Uh, what he tell folks concerned about the security of an agreement without a contract? Well, Jim Phillips responds in part, "Quote: It's about trust. We've looked each other in the eye." Um, yeah. So, if I'm the SEC and I come calling for any one of these 41 teams across these three different conferences, who says, "Hey, would you guys have interest in joining the SEC?" Yeah, that quote-unquote trust you're talking about there, Mr. Phillips, it's going to go away in about the blink of an eye. So, yeah. I think the thing about BYU here, and is in talking with people about this, is that BYU understands that what these conferences are trying to do. They're trying to kind of uh, bolster themselves uh, for whatever the NCAA is going to look like. So they're going to have a constitutional convention coming up this fall, and they're going to essentially reimagine what the NCAA is about, what it's supposed to do. Well, BYU thinks that they are actually still going to be able to sell themselves to these conferences. They did announce in this alliance that any existing contracts will still be valid. So BYU, all their contracts, the middle part of the next decade, 
are reportedly still in effect. But in addition to that, they're not going to stop programs from inside these inside these three conferences from scheduling teams they want to schedule. That's where BYU comes in. So I've been told that BYU is actually quite confident in their position. Would they like to be with the big boys? Sure. But obviously, BYU is doing pretty well as an independent as well. I don't think they're necessarily going to be freaking out saying, oh crap, we need to get a place at the table. But BYU, I think, would like to make the Power Five. Now, certain, uh, what should we say, moral issues or whatever may crop up in all of this. But nonetheless, BYU, based on what I heard yesterday and talking with some people and asking them kind of, what's the gist? What are you guys thinking about BYU and this new alliance? They think BYU is in a pretty good spot, all things considered. BYU will continue to sell themselves and show the uh, the positives that BYU can bring to each of these conferences. Were they a member? Were they an affiliate member? Were they to have a scheduling agreement? Whatever it might be, BYU will sell themselves and they will do their best to highlight what the Cougars can do for each of these uh, conferences and the individual schools inside of them. So I don't think it's necessarily, necessarily anything to freak out about with regards to this alliance. I, I understand these these conferences are trying, like I said, they're trying to muscle up and say, oh, the SEC, you think you're a big, bad, tough guy. You're the face of the college football universe. Well, you might be that, but we're still going to try and do our best to make ourselves as attractive as possible. I don't know what ultimately is the outcome of this, folks, until the NCAA really knows what it's going to do. But football is driving this ship in NCAA, in the NCAA, in the college athletics landscape, and that will be the chief deciding factor in terms of what most of these conferences are going to do. But as I said, BYU, they feel actually fairly confident where they sit currently because if you listen to that press conference, you read it, just a lot of nebulous stuff out there. There's nothing really concrete to it. I don't know why they were so hasty in announcing it. I get they probably wanted to capture the PR battle and fire a shot across the bow of the SEC and Greg Sankey and say, hey, you can you can make news, but we can make news too. Well, the SEC did something. They invited Oklahoma and Texas, made themselves the best conference in college football. You guys just announced something that you guys are going to have an agreement. We looked each other in the eye and it's about trust. All right. Well, there you go. So it's all about trust, folks. Trust. All right. I'll, I'll stop now. All right. That's going to do it for today's show. A big thank you for you guys' support of the podcast. Still accepting your submissions, by the way, for why you should be in the stands there at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. When BYU and Utah square off on September 11th, you can email those submissions to LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Also, feel free to reach out via social media and submit your request that way. At Jacob C. Hatch, my DMs are open if you want to send it that way. Or follow the show on social media, Locked On Cougars, on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. All right, that'll do it. Have a great day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 25th, 2021. And we will talk to you guys tomorrow.